Welcome, I'm Moshe Ferber. And I am Ariel Munafon. And this is the Silver Lining Podcast, a podcast about security architecture. Well, hello and welcome back to the Silver Lining Podcast, a podcast about security engineering. And over here in this uh, episode, we're talking to Eli Avginessin, which is, from my uh, point of view, is one of the best uh, IoT architect developers. What do you want to call it? Whenever I have a question about IoT, Eliav always has the answer, so I'm very happy to uh, have him here because it's such an interesting topic and it's really in the heart of security engineering, how to engineer uh, IoT devices. So uh, we'll say to him good morning in a second, just before that, w- good morning, Ariel. Good morning, good morning. Hi, good morning. So Eliav, excited to have you here. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and about the uh, device turn, the company you founded. Well, hi, I'm really glad to be here. Um, about myself, so uh, I uh, studied physics, uh, electronic engineering in the Technion in Haifa, then in uh, Tel Aviv University. I was a lecturer in uh, assembly language, computer engineering, and uh, I was also one of the first employees in uh, the company that turned uh, to be Nest Technologies, so I'm uh, a lot of year- years in the industry. Worked a bit in uh, France for several years, then get, got back to Israel and founded Device Stone. Uh, maybe two words about Device Stone. Device Stone is um, a startup company. And uh, what we do, we help uh, product manufacturers, IoT enable uh, their products by providing them a firmware or a firmware product that enables them to IoT enable their, their uh, products uh, really, really fast and uh, send the data to their IoT cloud of choice. So it doesn't matter if they work with Azure or AWS or their own IoT cloud. They can uh, uh, make the product send data there. Uh, and uh, as you understand, uh, this uh, product is a lot about firmware, about uh, the device side. And, uh, and of course, it has to have a lot of security embedded in it. Yeah, so this, this is why I like talking to you, because unlike other IoT uh, experts, you, you see the full stack. I mean, I see a lot of IoT experts who've never been in interacting with the device itself. Uh, all they do is uh, take the the log or take the the feed from the device and embed it into the in some kind of framework device services and again this is part of iot uh, engineering but it doesn't see the full picture so again uh, glad that you're here and let's start uh, with the i mean it's pretty obvious but you always have uh, an interesting view of things why do you think it's so hard to uh, uh, to build good iot devices i mean just like yesterday we saw uh, there was a big headlines that uh, I think Intuit uh, exposed the uh, information of uh, many, so many IoT uh, uh, device owners. Uh, again, why is it so hard to build good IoT solution? Uh, well, I think, uh, you know, first of all, IoT solutions are multidisciplinary, which means that you have the cloud security and you, you guys know this space very well. So securing uh, clouds in general is a lot of work and a lot of... Uh, Uh, let's say a lot of uh, uh, different implementations meth- uh, implementation methods need, need uh, to be there in order to make it secure. Plus, you have the device side. And uh, securing devices, especially IoT devices, is, uh, is, is difficult. Uh, there are multiple reasons. One is that uh, uh, when you think of sensors, uh, sensors are small computers, and small computers are weak. So it means that you have to apply uh, you know, the top-notch security methods methods on really small computers and uh, doing that uh, requires a lot of uh, know-how and expertise uh, another thing is that uh, 
when you think of a sensor as a, as a small computer, it means that your users have the computer at their premise, so they have physical access. So think of your cloud server farm, and uh, but you give your users physical access to the servers, okay? So it means if I'm a smart user, I can take a, one of the servers, disassemble it, and uh, take the hard drive, plug it into some, somewhere else, and then you get uh, to a much stronger challenge in that respect because uh, when you have physical access, you can do a lot of hacking and hardware hacking to get to the, the, inf to the information on the device. It means that you, you have to highly secure the device, even if it's a very small device. Yeah, and we know that uh, Apple, Sony, uh, the DVD manufacturers, everybody failed because somebody were able to open the box and get the yeah, secrets out of them. And the court said that it's okay because you own the box, you bought the Sony PlayStation, so it's okay right. for you to, to hack it, it's yours. It's not okay to publish the hack, but it's okay to hack them. So, uh, it's, yeah, even, so uh, it's even not legal. Yes, you know? yes. So, so even from the legal perspective, you cannot uh, you know, tell someone uh, it's your device, but uh, you cannot open it and uh, you cannot enforce it. Okay, so mm -hmm. it means you're, it really has to be secure on all the physical elements of the device. Uh, another uh, element is that uh, IoT is really hard to program. I mean, uh, it's really hard to develop uh, high-quality IoT products because it's a multidisciplinary and you need to know hardware, but you also need to know the cloud and you need to know how to access the cloud, okay? So uh, you have a lot of uh, notion, you know, think of uh, even a simple, or let's say uh, an obvious feature like uh, firmware uh, updates. To, to develop firmware updates uh, is a very complex process. If you don't have something that works out of the box, you have to be a really, really good developer to, to develop uh, firmware updates. And uh, th this, this completes the challenge in terms of uh, um, the fact that uh, you have uh, to have a certain level of engineering capability to, to, to build good IoT solutions. And uh, you know, when you think of Apple, Samsung, and uh, Google, it's obvious that they can uh, put their hands on the right developers, but uh, when you're, uh, uh, let's say, an, uh, a water heater company, okay, and you need to develop your connected IoT product, it's really difficult for these companies to, to have these kinds of developers in, in their staff, okay, to hold these, these types of developers. So it means that uh, uh, you have to have enough engineering, you have to have the right engineers. So that's why IoT is uh, hard because, uh, you know, the number of embedded engineers in the world is really small compared to other types of developers. And uh, it means that uh, you have uh, the challenge of know-how combined with these challenges that, uh, th that I discussed beforehand. Okay, so summarizing this, uh, IoT devices have unique hardware, which uh, makes uh, security best practices such as encryption and generating random keys and stuff like this very hard because it, it's not, uh, you don't have enough memory or CPU sometimes to do this. Uh, they're not out of your physical control, which is always a challenge. Somebody can basically ha hack the physical environment and they're very hard to program. You need, uh, you need good developers, you need a full stack developers, developers understand also the internals of the OS, but also how to develop into cloud services. And the fact that we have uh, frameworks and startups that are relatively new and are not currently developing doesn't help. I mean, we, yeah, we need uh, some more mature protocols. Yeah, and, and, and I see it a lot in the market. It's uh, almost always happens, you know, uh, uh, a company or someone develops a, Ras a Raspberry Pi or an Arduino that is connected to the cloud and is happy, I have a working solution, but its distance from a production-grade product is really, really long. 
because you have to have security and you have to have firmware updates and you have to have a lot of stuff in it in order to, to be really production grade. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, I see that all the world goes to the IoT side, uh, so how, how can it be? <laughs> this, <laughs> yes. is, this is a good question, no? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I think it's, uh, yeah, and the, the world goes there, you know, the number, the number of sensors that are going to be there, you know, it's all around us already and I, I'm in the market, I, I, I see, you know, each year there are, I think, hundreds of millions of sensors added, so, so it's all around us. Lack of security never stopped us from uh, adopting <laughs> anything. I mean, right. When the first smartphone arrived, they have zero uh, uh, security capabilities, and we still adopted them, and we, we survived. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Some <laughs> companies didn't survive, but most yeah. of them survived. <laughs> yeah, I guess over here there will be the... They, they will have the casualties. When I, am, when I am with you, Moshe, I, I sometimes feel not so secure, so I'm trying to, <laughs> <laughs> to think what are my, you know, my challenges in the day-to-day. Okay. So, uh, Eliav, um, let's talk about how to properly engineer uh, IoT devices. Now, we ch- always try to focus on uh, technology, people, and process. So let's try to uh, stick to these lines. And let's talk about uh, uh, start with technology. Let's talk about yes, uh, yes. So, so uh, you know, I, I, the, the way to look at it is uh, is uh, try and look on the big vendors. You know, uh, vendors like Amazon, Google, Microsoft, and and uh, try to see what they are doing. Okay, so so uh, on the software side, um, there are multiple levels of uh, software solutions that are today part of the platform. So, for example, if you work with Azure IoT, then you can use a software that called for, that's called the IoT Edge, for example, and this piece of software is actually Docker on a device, okay? Mm-hmm. It runs Docker containers on a device, and all the surrounding of this Docker container is uh, secure in a way, and this way, even if you have uh, uh, an application that you've built that is not, the, you know, you're a web developer and you build something, it's not the device itself isn't vulnerable to 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 the stuff that you have built inside your application okay? so the container is a way to distinguish between the kernel and the yeah. user space yeah okay. to, to 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 separate the the kernel from the user space so there are a lot of uh, different efforts that these vendors are doing you know uh, amazon have green grass okay yeah. which is another type of solution they have gr- green grass for edge which is uh, green grass that runs offline they have lambda for edge, okay. So th- th- these kinds of uh, solutions uh, provide, uh, let's say, developers that didn't come from the embedded world solutions uh, to help uh, them build the build stuff on on these devices. Device Stone Two is a solution where, uh, we, you know, the things that w- the thing that we are building it it actually separates the uh, programming from for people who are not embedded programming uh, pro- programmers in, in deploying uh, IoT IoT solutions. So first of all, it's software. The the second thing is that the hardware vendors saw that there is a huge problem there so you know when you when you buy an arm uh, m0 processor which is a very very small processor that costs less than a dollar you still need security okay so uh, people like arm for example uh, created the uh, solutions around the hardware that are hardware solutions to help you implement stuff so uh, for example arm have a crypto cell cc310 it's a it's a small module that's part of your ARM processor that has that stores the certificate and knows uh, you know how to do AES and these kinds of encryption uh, protocols in hardware. Okay, so this way, if I'm implementing uh, stuff on a very small processor, I can still have good encryption. Okay, so th- th- these are kinds of solutions. Uh, microchip have ECC six oh eight. Again, it's another chip that does the same. So so the idea is that the hardware vendors uh, understood that there's 
a real issue. The cloud vendors pushed the hardware vendors to implement uh, these kinds of solutions, and eventually you got to better hardware um, implementation. And uh, there's also another element that is important. You know, we have Moore's law, the, the, the law about the chips getting better mm-hmm. and better. Yeah. So it's true also for embedded processors. Today, the really small cheap embedded processors are much stronger than the processor you had before. So, so you can implement basic security stuff even on, on the smallest processors, okay? So both from the hardware and the software perspective, you, you, you have a lot of uh, progress in the last years. But still, you need to know what you're doing in order to, to, to get there, okay? So that, that, that's a huge problem, and, and you know, it relates to the second point you, you made uh, about people. Okay? Yeah, before, before going, yeah. or maybe it connects to people, when mm-hmm. I look at developers, what uh, the, the, vendors and, uh, the vendors and the companies are trying to do is to help the regular developers have the same uh, framework. You, you say that you have Lambda, and Lambda for Edge, IoT, this is something that uh, they push to, to this way to yes I'm uh, I'll give you an example from uh, from Azure okay so uh, I'm, I'm I'm in touch uh, on a daily basis with the IOT SDK guys mm-hmm. the guys that develop the SDks for Azure yeah. IOT okay and uh, they are they eventually want embedded developers to use Visual Studio <laughs> and to press a button and to push the solution to the device so the future of uh, how IOT developer would look like is It would be uh, let's say a nodejs like experience for embedded developers or for people who develop devices but the, the there is a very long way there and there's another drawback to this approach that will never be solved and that that's important to understand uh, eventually from the let's say financial perspective or economical perspective uh, companies will always select the cheapest chipsets okay because uh, when you produce a product uh, that has I don't million devices, Every cent counts, yeah. okay? So it means that uh, there will always be a level of programming for IOT that will not be able to run these kinds of high-level languages and high-level solutions and dockers, etc. So there, is, there will always be uh, some kind of layer of solutions that will need the embedded developers and the low-end uh, low development. And from that respect, these companies are, are, are pushing various solutions. We can discuss more solutions that they are uh, building... Uh, You know solutions like uh, Azure sphere for example so what th- they did they they created a separation between the kernel and the user space like like in Linux but in hardware okay mm-hmm. so Microsoft worked with hardware companies to to create this kind of solution okay Google has the same has something called edge TPU okay which is um, an IOT solution from Google which is actually a hardware based solutions uh, solution for IOT sensors okay so Microsoft Google and Amazon stay at the high end of things of the software side they're saying that they understand that they need to go le- deeper into the hardware not going to make a complete solution right yeah yeah, yeah. They, they understand that they have to provide solutions also for the lower end uh, chipsets mm-hmm. for the higher end uh, chipsets you know if you have a Raspberry Pi and app capability you know something that is uh, let's say a stronger computer at the edge, Then uh, you know you can use the higher level languages, docker, uh, Linux based uh, security, which uh, people have a lot of experience with. So, so there, there are a lot of solutions that are already out there. You just have to package them. For the lower end chips, uh, the vendors are doing multiple things uh, in order to do it. Uh, uh, you know if, if I'm try, trying more structurally to look at it, are, uh, each one of them has uh, his own RTOS, his own 
real-time operating system that have been acquired in the last year. You know, uh, mm. Microsoft acquired Threadix, which is uh, it's the operating system of the HP printers, for example. Sure. Okay. Really? So, so this is what runs inside the printer. Okay. So, the, the, uh, so Microsoft bought, bought this company. Uh, Amazon took over FreeRTOS, which uh, was the most popular uh, real-time operating system in embedded. Okay. And Google have Android Things. which is their own uh, flavor uh, their own flavor of of uh, IoT Arto so mm-hmm. on the operating system uh, level they did something each one of them has a hardware project like uh, i mentioned sphere and tpu so these are kinds of projects that are trying to build the next gen hardware for constrained devices okay and each one of them is working very hard on the developer solution to uh, make it more and more approachable uh, to developers okay so So they understand they have an issue and they are solving this issue. And also from the security perspective, each one of them has, a, let's say, a different uh, way of uh, working. You know, uh, uh, Google are using JWT for authentication and uh, Microsoft have SAS. And each one of them has their own types of tokens. But eventually, they're all trying to implement uh, uh, the same uh, solution in terms of making sure that tokens are being generated securely and uh, you have a way to store the certificate and things like that okay so in the end uh, just to understand the big picture uh, I have a device from Google and I want to connect it to my cloud in Amazon uh, what makes uh, them connect I mean I guess they're not building it as proprietary solution will, will there be some kind of a standard that will uh... Uh, that, that's a very good question uh, no there, there's not going to be a standard in the near future. Because they are uh, of course fighting each other today uh, if you are uh, if you built a device with uh, I don't know the Google IOT SDK it won't work with the Azure IOT uh, cloud or with uh, the Amazon IOT cloud uh, because the queuing and messaging protocol is uh, different? yeah uh, yeah because the, 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 the messaging the authentication protocols the provisioning protocols uh, you know provisioning devices is also a big security problem it's worth mentioning but mm-hmm. but but generally there are each one of them is, is working in his own in, in their own protocol there are some efforts I'm, I'm part of the Linux Foundation effort on Zephyr which is uh, trying to, to create a common protocol Uh, operating system for embedded uh, devices for constrained embedded devices mm. so I, I, I'm, I'm working uh, with the teams there to do to, to do that to try to create that uh, there are efforts about standardizations of the protocols but uh, today it's not there one of the things we, we've been doing in device tone in, in my company is making sure that I have drivers for all the major clouds in the firmware so this way if you want to work with Amazon you can do it and if you want to work with okay. Google you can do it But today this problem is not solved and I don't see that it's uh, it will be solved in the n- let's say next uh, five years well wow. this is very okay. interesting yeah this is very interesting about the market yeah okay so uh, this is technology I think we covered the uh, uh, most of it what can you say about the uh, people behind the scenes I mean how, what are, what can be improved there yeah so so uh, I think uh, we, we can split the developers that are uh, building out these solutions to two types of developers one are uh, developers that came from the embedded world okay these developers today have uh, you know CSDKs and these kinds of SDKs from all the vendors so so today if you want to build a solution you have this the main issue the industry has today is that uh, a lot of the device specific elements are uh, decoupled from the SDK you get from the cloud vendor. Which means that if I selected I don't know a chip from a Nordic semiconductor, I need to build the solution using an SDK that comes from Nordic and but the driver to the cloud comes from Microsoft okay so so I have to like re 
some, somehow embed this driver into my firmware and make sure that everything works together uh, co coherently. So it's very difficult uh, to build a, a solution today. There are some, uh, let's say, sample uh, applications that were built by the cloud vendors, but because of the dynamic of the market, what happens is that because the chip makers do not want to be, uh, let's say, identified with a specific cloud vendor, and the cloud vendor doesn't want to be identified with a specific chip maker, you still don't have a very good cohesive solution to, 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 to get everything in place. So it means that embedded developers need to know what they're doing, need to be really good embedded developers in order to, to develop an IoT solution. Uh, and especially they need to, uh, to have some knowledge in, in the cloud. And I think that's the biggest challenge. I mean, I, I'm, I'm visiting customers day by day and I see you know, horrible things that, uh, that people are doing from the architecture perspective because I don't know, they are building a web server on, a, on the device and the cloud connects to this web server, Th things like that that are really awful from the security perspective. Uh, so, so, uh, so I think that's, that's a very big challenge for embedded developers. For, uh, let's say, the higher level languages developers, if you build a solution that uh, runs on a much stronger device, and then, then there are really good tools and the tools are improving to do that from the big vendors, but uh, the baseline is a very strong device. You need to have a device, you know, with at least, I don't know, uh, 16 or 32 megabytes of memory. It needs to have uh, a lot of compute power uh, relatively to, to, to a sensor or to, a, to an end device. So, so uh, the minimum requirements are still very high. So it means that uh, you can build uh, very good industrial uh, IoT solutions from tools you have in the market today as a, let's say, a non-embedded developer. But the moment you will need to buy to build a sensor, uh, you'll have an, a problem. You, you you won't have the tools to to do it today unless you are using some kind of uh, framework. Okay, and uh, this leads me to you know again what we do at DeviceTone. We help uh, people who are not very very good embedded developers to build solutions. And there are other solutions I mentioned. You know Docker that runs on the devices and the Lambda, uh, and uh, all, all all these kinds of solutions from from uh, the vendors that enables, uh, you know, what Google did, for example, with Android Things, what they did, they took the Android developer community, community which is a huge community, yeah, okay, and, make t a a and made IoT accessible to these developers, okay, because if I'm, a, I'm an Android developer, I can develop a, an IoT solution on Android Things, okay, but the device needs to be able to run Android, okay. Yeah. That that's the idea. What uh, you know from the people perspective, this is uh, this is where okay. the market is today. So the problem is bigger at the low end devices, and that's true for everything. Yeah. We say. High end devices uh, will probably work out better. Mm -hmm. A process. You talk about uh, the manufacturing and the onboarding of this. What, what can you say about the process? Uh, which yeah. So what we so need to uh, I'll, I'll try. Uh, I'll, I'll try to, uh, you know, for a minute talk about the problem in the process. You know, the the problem in the process today is uh, starts with the manufacturing. When you manufacture device uh, you know today when you get a router uh, to your a new router to your home it has a password on a sticker on the back okay <laughs> but uh, it means that the the factory in China that uh, that uh, manufactured this device has the password to your router okay you don't think about it but actually the factory no know, knows your your password okay so from the process perspe perspective you have to have uh, enough uh, infrastructure technological, also process-oriented infrastructure when you manufacture new uh, new devices, okay? So think, uh, for example, that you want to generate private keys 
and store them on the device, but you don't want the manufacturer to know these private keys, okay? So uh, for this process, for example, uh, companies like, uh, I'll, I'll give one example of what the industry is doing. Uh, microchip has uh, a chip called ECC608, and when you order the chip from, from Microchip, you can give them the, your certificate authority server address in order to create certificates and store these certificates in when they manufacture the chip itself, okay? So when it's been shipped to the factory in China, the certificate is already stored on, the, on this chipset, okay? okay? So yeah. this way the factory does not have access to your, to your keys, okay? So these are kinds of uh, elements that uh, exist in, from the process perspective. There are also, uh, and all the big cloud, IoT cloud vendors have some kind of an onboarding process for devices, which means that uh, when a device is activated at the first time, there's a key exchange uh, process that's been uh, done to make sure that uh, the device is provisioned with a temporary key and this key can be revoked, can be uh, handled, can be managed. So from the device lifecycle management perspective, you have different tooling that, are, that come together with the, the IoT platforms. Uh, today, these tools are only at the, their beginning. You know, IoT is here for a long time, but when you try and look on how it looks uh, on, on the different IoT platforms, only in the last year or so, you, you're starting to see more and more device security lifecycle management uh, elements in the cloud, okay? And of course on the devices, okay? Mm -hmm. So uh, it means that uh, from the process perspective, you have to think about uh, about who has access to to your security keys, which uh, which keys exist on the device, and uh, you know to make sure that only uh, you know device no a device knows only the things he needs to know. Okay, yeah. you don't have anything that uh, you know that provides the device access to to more than than the device needs. Okay, so this is a very very important uh, element in securing IoT. Okay, mm -hmm. all the breaks that we've seen in the last years, you know, are come from you know very trivial elements like you have one password for all your devices or you have uh, 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 cases where uh, there is some kind of a project api key stored on the device in the device memory mm -hmm. you know the guy that developed the device didn't think that someone will have physical access to the device and will hack his flash memory but you know when you have a million devices uh, uh, you know in the field someone will have access to, to your flash mm -hmm. memory and, and he knows what he's doing and he will hack your your flash memory okay uh, so uh, that's that, that's that's where uh, you know from the process perspective uh, things stand. Uh, I think also that one of the problems is the variety of the of the products of the IoT. Uh, what is called IoT and uh, is from a small sensor to a router and uh, is really difficult. I think to to protect yeah, and yeah uh, to slice it. Yeah, yeah and uh, I think uh, again we uh, you know it's obvious for people who are in the IoT industry, but one of the challenges of the industry is the types, uh, it's not only the sizes of devices, but the, the number of vendors that uh, that create solutions, uh, IoT solutions, okay? You have, I don't know, I think maybe 20 or 30 chip makers that are mainstream uh, chip makers, okay, for uh, processors, okay? So it means that, uh, you know, if, if you build a solution on one processor, it may be very, very different on another processor. And each one of them want, wants to keep his uh, market share. So, you know, it's a, it's a bit, uh, it's similar to, you know, where Linux was, I think, uh, you know, many years ago, where you had different flavors of uh, operating systems from each vendor and you, they weren't really compatible. They were theoretically compatible, but in practice they weren't compatible, okay? Because the vendors tried to, to keep the cards to themselves and it happens, uh, th and the same happens with, with embedded uh, 
uh, solutions. Yeah, also happened with Android. I mean, each, uh, each one took uh, their own course, Samsung and LG, and then when you wanted to put a security update, it would break the operating system. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah so, so, that, that's the, so, the, so uh, the IT industry is super fragmented today, and mm. uh, it will keep uh, that way, for, unfortunately, for, for the next uh, years. Okay, yeah. I have a question because we keep saying that over the air, uh, sorry, that updates are really important for IoT. I mean, uh, again, uh, vulnerabil vulnerabilities will happen. The question is how fast can you patch your devices? And again, over the air, updates are really, really hard. One of the pro providers, or uh, all of them, uh, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon, are helping you do over the air updates. So this is up to your firmware, and uh, this is core. IoT uh, capability, not uh, not dependent on the cloud provider. Yeah. So 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 today, uh, what uh, what they provide to some extent, they provide tools on the cloud to do that, but they don't really provide good solutions for the device side. And this is one of the main hurdles of an embedded developer. And uh, you know, when you speak with people who were building solution solutions, you know, I mentioned the you know the Arduino type solutions. You know, people are building an a great application on Arduino. And now they want to put it in the field, but they don't have the OTA capability, the over-the-air capability. So today you don't really have good solutions. One of the reasons uh, Amazon took over FreeRTOS is because they 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 uh, uh, they said that they want to build better solutions on that end to to create uh, like uh, or to have a OTA capabilities inside the the operating system. But they are not there, and uh, the reasons is the uh, the reason is the fragmentation because every chip chipset vendor has his own way, his own SDK to do OTA. Mm. Okay, so it means that today this is one of the biggest problems uh, when you implement uh, solutions. Uh, what happens in the open source world? Uh, there is an open source uh, project called MCU Boot. It's a bootloader for uh, MCU that, that that tries to be a run, run anywhere bootloader for uh, for low end chipsets, and this is the starting point. And uh, in Device Stone, for example, we we use this bootloader as something as part of the solution to enable OTA for all chipsets. But mm -hmm. the industry is still far from having a a good uh, unified solution for OTA, and I think that's one of the uh, of the main issues. There's also you know we're talking about people and processes. Uh, think uh, that you have, I don't know, uh, 100,000 devices deployed in the field today, okay? Uh, what's the probability of you having the balls to, to have, uh, <laughs> you, you know, to update uh, these 100,000 devices in the field? Unless you have very good confidence in your uh, OTA process, it's very hard to, uh, for customers who already have uh, devices deployed in the field to decide to really patch them, okay? Mm -hmm. Because it's not like you have servers in the, in, in the field, okay? So... Uh, you, when you think of, uh, I don't know, IoT devices like, I don't know, the Amazon Echo, okay, or these kinds of solutions that you have deployed at homes, uh, only after they made sure that they have a really robust process, they, 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 were, they were, you know, they, they deployed this, uh, this product to the field. And uh, the same uh, process or psychological process goes through everyone who builds an IoT solution, okay? Mm -hmm. So you have to have a, a really good OTA process. It's not enough to have, you know, some, some way of patching it. You have to have a... Uh, something you can rely on and uh, you know that leads me to you know to, to to one of my recommendations to someone who builds IoT solutions don't invent it yourself you know sure. get a solution that uh, already works get someone who knows what he's doing uh, for OTA processes especially when you have a small chipset okay and uh, you know you have a constrained device it has to work you know and uh, you don't have a lot of memory 
you you don't know bootloaders so so you you really need to know what you're doing when when you're doing these kinds of solutions okay hold on in a second we'll talk about uh, what we uh, the recommendation to developers just uh, uh, we touched it in a bit I want to make sure they cover all aspects the different uh, ways that the cloud provider are treating uh, IOT like you mentioned uh, Google is using the Java web token and uh, Amazon has different implementation can you give us a Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, in order to understand it, uh, we have to understand the dynamic of the whole market, the IT market. Uh, you know, like, uh, I think three or four years ago, you had something like, I think, 400, 500 uh, IoT cloud platforms. Okay, everyone was developing an IoT cloud platform. But uh, the market has gone through a significant consolidation because uh, people understood that to build a complete uh, IoT cloud solution is really hard. And you need to provide... The solution for the device side too okay which mm-hmm. is what, what what we're discussing right now okay and uh, uh, eventually uh, this convergence led to you know uh, let's say five or six leading IOT clouds today and uh, it will continue to converge uh, you know even SAP uh, had their own IOT cloud but eventually uh, have a collaboration today with Microsoft and, Mi- and actually it runs on Microsoft Azure IOT mm-hmm. okay so SAP went on the public cloud IOT cloud to to, to, to Microsoft and Uh, Samsung that had Arctic IOT cloud which was a huge cloud and a lot of people used it they closed it just decided to close it okay mm-hmm. so so even the large vendors understand that they cannot uh, they cannot uh, withhold uh, a big IOT cloud I have more examples you know GE general electric you know so these kinds of vendors also close their IOT platforms and uh, today you have uh, three leading uh, IOT clouds there are There are others that are more in the industrial IOT, but the, the, the big, let's say, general purpose IOT clouds are, are uh, Google's IOT cloud, Amazon IOT, and, and uh, Azure IOT, Microsoft's uh, mm-hmm. IOT cloud. And each one of these vendors have, uh, 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 has solutions for, for uh, the multiple layers of, uh, or types of devices that, uh, that exist, okay? So I'm starting with, the, let's say, the stronger devices. On the stronger devices... As I said, they are trying, uh, each one of them has something a bit different, but they are trying to make uh, the IoT development more approachable uh, to developers that do not uh, come from the embedded background, okay? So uh, I mentioned the Azure IoT Edge, uh, uh, Amazon have Greengrass, okay, the Greengrass solution, um, uh, Google have TensorFlow, Okay, so each one of them has has some kind of solution to 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 run stuff uh, or to run an analytics and applications on 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 the edge okay each one of them has a different deployment uh, process, but eventually they have a solution for these kinds of devices okay on the lower end devices uh from the hardware perspective, you have Azure sphere on Microsoft where they as i said they they are working with hardware uh, providers to separate the The kernel space from the user space in the hardware okay uh, Google have Google TPU and they have uh, other uh, hardware solutions so so each one of them has has some kind of solution on the real-time operating system side uh, they understood that uh, they cannot support all artuses uh, out of the box and each one of them took over some kind of real-time operating system to run on devices okay mm-hmm. the main uh, war today is between Microsoft and uh, Amazon okay Amazon took over free artos and And the uh, free artos I, I don't know if everyone be, uh, knows it but it was like the it is still I think uh, maybe the most uh, installed uh, real-time operating system and Amazon took over this project 
They kept it open source, but they are building libraries for Amazon IoT, of course, mm-hmm. in it, yeah. okay? And Microsoft in, uh, you know, retaliated and, and uh, took over uh, ExpressLogic, which is uh, the company that built ThreadX. ThreadX is uh, one of the most successful commercial uh, real-time operating system. And uh, Microsoft are now considering what to do with, uh, you know, from the licensing perspective. But I believe ThreadX will, uh, will become more and more free because they have to fight Amazon, okay? So, so th- these are ca- the kinds of dynamics uh, that the, the cloud vendors are, are taking. Uh, on the security perspective, they all have uh, or are developing uh, both tools on the cloud to manage device life cycles. They have uh, advanced CSDKs and different kinds of SDKs to make sure that the developer have, has, a, let's say, an easy-to-use library. But uh, still, you mentioned the OTA, for example. Still, the OTA thing is not solved, okay? You mm-hmm. have to develop it from, from scratch. There are, mm-hmm. So there are still multiple elements in the solution that uh, you really need to know what you're doing in order to develop a robust production-grade solution, okay? So, so th- this, is, uh, this is the dynamic of, uh, of the market of, of the cloud vendors today. Um, another thing that, uh, that is worth uh, mentioning is that uh, also from the authentication side, each one of them has uh, a different authentication method, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, people who work in the, in, you know, inside the clouds know it too. Uh, you know, the way you authenticate uh, or the authentication tokens to Microsoft are different uh, from the authentication uh, tokens to Google, okay? It, it looks different. I mean, they have JWT, they have SAS. The way to generate these tokens is different. So they are also trying to provide good SDKs or, or functions to help you generate these keys using the hardware capabilities of your of your processor today it's uh, let i say it, it's done with partial uh, success you still have to work with the sdk of the specific chip that you're using in order to get to a really good solution or to a working solution and uh, the industry has a way to go in order to to you know to, to get to a unified solution eventually but it will take years i think okay, okay interesting uh, i've learned a lot thank you Eliav. Um, what I'm mostly surprised is how far away are we from a standard, good standardization that will be, like I was thinking in IoT, what would lead the way is standardization, first of all, because the, those devices should be work anyway for everyone. So I think this is more uh, vendor-oriented, uh, which is interesting because you know, we're talking about Google as a or Microsoft software company. And I see that they are moving on. I will yeah, they are touching oh, the hardware too. Yeah, <laughs> and they are, I will have more and more sensors from uh, Microsoft or Google or Amazon in my house. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, I have a couple of them <laughs> <laughs> already. But yeah, I have more and more. So this is really uh, an eye-opening. Uh, you, you wanted to finish up with uh, giving some uh, tips to uh, developers. So this is yeah, your... Uh, yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know... Uh, Again, I'm working uh, especially with product companies and, you know, uh, generally companies that are not like uh, high high technology or really, uh, you know, the Googles and the Amazons of the world. I'm working, you know, with uh, uh, companies who who produce, uh, you know, mass volumes of uh, small products that they need to to get to the market. And I think, you know, the what's in it for me for for these kinds of people who are now, you know, going into an IoT project or are developing an IoT project, first of all, Maintain the basic security principles. And, uh, you know, you don't need to be an embedded developer to understand that uh, you can only store device-level secrets on on a device, okay? Especially when someone, uh, as I said, has physical access to your device. Someone, a hacker, has a physical access. So you always have to think about this hacker that has physical access to your device. It means that you have to store only device-level secrets. You cannot store a project key. You cannot store a password. You cannot store... 
your root certificate there. You know, I mean, I, I've seen horrors, okay? <laughs> so, so make sure that you have the right uh, security principle there, okay? And uh, again, these are not embedded rules. They are just general, you know, common sense security rules, and, and you have to think about security from the beginning. This, this is one thing. The, the, the second thing is that if you're not a real, uh, let's say, security ex a really security expert and you're, you're building something really, really special, uh, use, use standards. Use the standard libraries. Use, uh, use uh, the standard SDKs. Don't, don't try to invent everything yourself, okay? So also from the security perspective, uh, you know, you can do, a, I don't know, your CRC function and build something yourself or some kind of encryption function yourself, but don't really do it. Just, just use, use the, the, the standard library, libra a library that is maintained and patched and, you know, that people really reviewed it and, and uh, made sure that it's, uh, you know, that it's intact in terms of security. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, and, and this leads me to, to another really important element, which is, you know, build on, on something that uh, other people has, have already built, which means that if, you, if you're a web developer and you're building, I don't know, a solution, you know, you, it's better to pay a price for a stronger device and use, I don't know, Azure IoT Edge or whatever if you want to build a solution. Or, or buy a solution that already runs out of the box, you know, that uh, that is ready to run. Uh, again, not not in terms of selling my, my product, but in device tone, we are doing that. We, you know, we go into to product companies, product co companies, and, and just telling them, listen, you know, you don't have the embedded workforce here. Just take a, a ready-made firmware and use it. Okay, don't 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 deal with stuff you you don't really understand. Okay, um, and uh, another common mistake is that. An IoT project, because it uh, has a lot of uh, different uh, d disciplines and has a, has a lot of technologies in it, uh, are difficult. It, it means that you have to have enough resources and you have to, write, uh, to have the right resources. You have to have people who know the cloud well. You have to have people who know the device well. You have to, to, to make sure that you have enough resources in your company to, 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 to get uh, to production, okay? So a common mistake I see is that, you know, uh, in a company, people give someone, uh, you know, take, uh, I don't know, half a day a week and build our IoT, uh, you know, future solution. It doesn't work the, this way. And, and these projects usually fail, okay? So uh, you have to understand that you have to have the right resources in-house uh, before you begin this, proje uh, this project. And the right resources means embedded engineers, means a, a cloud guy that knows what he's doing, a security uh, you know the security personnel to review your uh, device side and cloud side, uh, so so those make are, sure you those have. Those are usually everything. two different people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So so you you have to have the right resources to to to, to start a project. So um, I think that was really interesting. I know uh, now how difficult it is to develop and uh, <laughs> not to secure even to think uh, about some uh, IoT product, and uh, it should be doing the, the right way. I think. Yeah, uh, li like everything. Yeah, but yeah. now I understand how complicated it is. Yeah. Again, lack of standards and uh, very different uh, ways that uh, producers are doing it. Thank you, Elia. Thank you. It's it's been a pleasure. Thank I, you. I, I I promise you that uh, you are welcome here to to another session because I think uh, we have a lot to talk. Thank you very much. Thank you.